the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, if we as a church, the body of Christ, are called to continue Jesus' ministry as Jesus performed his ministry, we must do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. Seems simple enough, doesn't it? But yet, we oftentimes mess it up. Hi, welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. We are continuing our series called The Body of Christ. Now, if you were with us last time, you'll remember that we were looking at the fact that every part is a part of the body of Christ, that we are to fulfill the ministry we're called to. What is that ministry? Well, that is what today's program is all about. As we continue our series, The Body of Christ, let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely for today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're a part of the body of Christ. And as part of the body of Christ, it is important that each and every one of us be doing his or her part in the body of Christ with all of our strength and vitality, or the body of Christ is crippled. Now, the body of Christ receives its instructions from the head, which is Christ. And Christ's instructions to his believers are recorded for us in the Bible. At the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus gave these instructions, which we know as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. These are the marching orders for the church. And after giving these instructions and before leaving this earth for heaven, the last recorded words of Jesus spoken to his disciples, his followers, uh, were recorded for us in Acts chapter 1, in which he said, Before you go, wait. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he told his believers to wait until they had received the Holy Spirit so they would have power. Now, why would we need the Holy Spirit to have power if we were simply called to declare a historical fact, the life and claims of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago? We need the Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit of Christ because we as a church, the body of Christ, are to be witnesses not of a dead martyr, but rather a living Savior and Lord. And we need the Holy Spirit to prove that Jesus rose again from the dead and is now alive, just as he said he would be. Now, how do we prove that Jesus is alive and well? Well, let me propose to you the most obvious evidence to prove that Jesus is alive is that his ministry continues to thrive today in the same power with which he ministered when he walked this earth. Around the world, lives are still being transformed. Sinners are still being saved. 
the sick are still being healed, and the dead are still being brought back to life, all in the name of Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The ministry of Jesus Christ is alive and well because Jesus Christ is alive and well. And as witness to the power of the living Christ, we, the church, are called to continue the ministry of Christ here on earth until his return. We need the Holy Spirit to prove that Jesus rose again from the dead and is now alive, just as he said he would be. Now, if we are called to continue Jesus' ministry here on earth, it brings up some questions. It brings up the question, what was Jesus' ministry? What is this ministry that we are supposed to continue? And it brings up the question, how did Jesus accomplish his ministry? Because we need to accomplish it in the same way that Jesus accomplished his ministry. Well, let's look at those two questions uh, in reverse order this morning. We're going to uh, look at the second question first. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 3. And this is the question, how did Jesus accomplish his ministry? Luke chapter 3, how did Jesus accomplish his ministry? Now, I'm going to give you the answer, and then we're going to see if the Scriptures support that. that. Does that sound fair? This is the answer. How did Jesus accomplish his ministry? Jesus accomplished his ministry by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus accomplished his ministry by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Luke continuously connects the guiding and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to the ministry of Jesus Christ. For instance, we find in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and following, the baptism of Jesus. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. So it was only after the Holy Spirit had descended upon Jesus that Jesus began his formal earthly ministry that lasted a little more than three years. Now, let's look at chapter 4. Chapter 4 of Luke, the first verse, the temptation of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, where he was baptized. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And so here we find another reference of Jesus being full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit. Then after his temptation, the scriptures say in verse 14, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region and he taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everybody. Jesus returned from Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Now we have recorded for us in Luke the first sermon of Jesus Christ that Luke records. It's introduced to us in verse 16 of chapter 4. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Now listen to the first words of Jesus in the first sermon as recorded by Luke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
first words of Jesus in the first sermon recorded in Luke, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then Jesus went on to describe his ministry, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, if we as a church, the body of Christ, are called to continue Jesus' ministry as Jesus performed his ministry, we must do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now listen to this, uh, this logic. Someone could possibly suggest that since Jesus was God, and God is all-powerful, then Jesus could have performed his ministry in his own power. Does that make sense? Now, while theoretically that might have been possible, we as Jesus' disciples are not God, and we do not have the power of God. And if Jesus performed his ministry in his own power, then we could not have continued to perform his ministry because we don't have his power. Does that make sense? So Jesus did his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit, then sent the Holy Spirit to empower his body, the church, to continue his ministry so that we could do ministry as Jesus did ministry. Now Jesus said something interesting in John fourteen twelve. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Elsewhere, Jesus connected going to the Father as necessary so that the Holy Spirit would be given. So Jesus said that his believers would do the works of Jesus. In fact, they would do greater works than he did. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know of anyone who has fed 5,000 with a lunchbox. And I don't know anybody who's walked across San Francisco Bay. And for sure, no one can rightfully claim to have come down from heaven. There are a lot of things that Jesus did that have never been, nor could they be, excelled in quality. And so the scholars have concluded that when Jesus was talking about his followers doing greater things, he was not suggesting that they be greater in quality or dimension, or profoundness, but rather simply greater in terms of quantity. In terms of quantity. In other words, we together, as the body of Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit, can do more than Jesus did. He could feed thousands of people. But billions of Christians can feed more. He could teach thousands of people. But billions of Christians can teach more. So what Jesus said is that we together, as the church empowered by the Holy Spirit, can reach more of this world with the ministry of Jesus Christ than Jesus Christ did alone in the three and a half years of his earthly ministry. And we have. I mean, what began as a small group of believers in a small district of Judah has now grown to surround the globe and include billions of believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And this occurred because believers did what Jesus told them to do in the power and under the leading of the Holy Spirit. So 
how did Jesus do his ministry? By the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. What was then Jesus' ministry? Well, Matthew describes his ministry in 423 as Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing or preaching the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. So the scriptures tell us that Jesus went around teaching and preaching and healing. And as the body of Christ, we are called to do what Jesus did. And that's why among the spiritual gifts, we find teaching, preaching, and healing listed. What a marvelous thing to consider, huh? Jesus has called us to ministry, his ministry. He has brought us into his kingdom of life. And he has then given us the tools required to do the ministry he's called us to. We'll consider more of this as the week progresses here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layden Sheely. Highlands.us is a great resource to go to if you would like to know more about Study Verse by Verse or Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, where our teacher and pastor Layden Sheely ministers. Again, Highlands.us. We'll see you tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.